Welcome to the Force Cancer Charity Podcast with all the latest from the team that offers support for anyone locally affected by cancer. My name is Jerry Gillespie, I'm one of the oncology support specialists here at Force. And what I think is unique about our charity is that we're almost like a big family. So the person who walks through the door becomes part of our family. And I think that's really important. And I know you've been very involved with Force and you've got a history that brings you to Force. So I'm just wondering, tell us a little bit about yourself, where are you from, what about your upbringing and what brought you to Exeter really? Well, I'm Jane Martin. Um, I was originally born in the High Peak. I went to Bristol uh, Polytechnic then, as it was, and studied graphic design. Met Gary, my husband. We decided we would live in the nearest place where first of us got a job, and that was Exeter. Gary got a job here in Exeter, and that was in 1983, and we've been here ever since, and we love Exeter. I hope never to have to live anywhere else. That's brought you down to Exeter, and then obviously you've lived and worked in Exeter for a long period of time. So how, what happened to bring you into force? So what happened is um, Gary and I um, set up a graphic design agency, and we were very happy working there, working all hours of sense, as you know. Um, it's hard when you're self-employed or have a business and have to wait to yourself. So I guess I was working very hard and then just um, went to my annual uh, mammogram, which was absolutely fine. And then it's the next mammogram that I went for, thinking nothing of it, and then actually had called back and was told that I had breast cancer. But apparently it was a really good breast cancer to have, which sounds bizarre. <laughs> and I was told that by the consultants and sat there thinking, hmm, that probably wasn't the best way of wording it, but I get where he's coming from. And then I was given a lot of information immediately, treatment starts, but also I was given um, information about Force, who I came to see. And they're very, very good at explaining things that the consultants and the breast care nurses probably haven't got time to explain, but they also explain things in a very, as as Jerry said, in a very friendly, open manner. Okay, so, yeah. so you sought support, because I think yes. for anybody having a cancer diagnosis, your whole world sort of stops for a moment, don't you? And it sounds like you saw that force was here, so you, you came over to see... I guess what we offered. Yeah, I I was taught, I found out since apparently that that women who own their own businesses and are very much in control of their lives and probably in control of everybody around them <laughs> find a cancer diagnosis absolutely catastrophic because they go from being in control of everything to actually not being in control of anything. And I'll never forget the first time I went to see my consultant. Um, I actually took my diary with me because I wanted to pick when I would be having my operation date because I needed it to be set around various client meetings I had. Mm. And I sat there thinking, he went out of the room and came back and said, well, well, we'll do the operation next Tuesday. And I said, oh, well, I'm busy then. And he looked at me and I think that was when the penny dropped. And I thought, ah, oh, Jane, right, suddenly I'm not in control anymore. And I think that for me was the hardest thing. So what got you through that? Well, initially I, I came to Force and had a lovely chat here with a lady called Stella um, who gave me probably what turned out to be about 12 months counselling of how I should try and get a little bit of control back and get get with what I had been told because very initially I sort of blanked it from my mind, went on with the treatments. And I have to say that when you're receiving treatment, 
at the hospital, it is a lot easier to handle the cancer di diagnosis because you are so busy with the treatment. Mm. Um, anybody that hasn't had it, it's daily. You go in the hospital, you've got lots and lots of appointments. But when you stop all the treatments, it's like you fall off the edge of, edge of a cliff almost. And suddenly there's nobody there. So I thought, right, force. I've, I've read that they're fantastic, that they'll be able to help me. Had lots of leaflets came here and met lovely Stella and then as I said I had a year's counselling about how I had to take control back and sort of get me back which I had changed. It's hard and I think that's right what you say I think you, it's almost you become an automatic patient, automatic pilot don't you yeah, because you've yeah. got so many appointments yes. and you focus on those and it's about getting through the treatment. And as you say, I think at the end of the treatment, that's one thing that a lot of people do say, stop falling off a bit. Yes. Yeah. all the professionals yeah. back off. Yeah. yeah. So you got through the treatment, you got to that stage, and then um, what, Stella's one of our oncology support yeah. specialists, yeah. so she walks alongside you yeah. to help you, like, I suppose, reorientate yourself, isn't it? Yeah. To take that control. Yeah, and I think really, I think she said that I had a lot of anger. So she persuaded me, which was absolutely fantastic, to find somewhere where I could go and just sit and be angry on my own, do a lot of shouting. And so I used to go in these Sainsbury's Alfington car park at the back where the, <laughs> where the recycling bit is. Did you hear me? <laughs> and just sit in the car <laughs> and shout. I also never forget that Gary and I were very lucky and got tickets to the Ireland Canada rugby match in Wales. Oh, wow. oh did a lot of shouting that day. Oh, <laughs> it was wow. fantastic. Yeah. But it's interesting, it's almost identifying some of the emotions we, we push down oh, yes. and other emotions yeah. come to the surface. And yeah. it's trying to, I suppose we get to know ourselves better. I think so. I, I think initially, certainly what I did was you're sort of in denial, really. You think, well, oh, no, cancer happens to old people happens to people that smoke, I've never smoked in my life, happens to people that are overweight, I'm, I'm not overweight, happens to people that don't do exercise, I've exercised since leaving college really, well I've exercised for 35, 40 years, I've run marathons, triathlons and all sorts of things and it was a complete shock out of the blue and I think that for me was the problem. It was a denial thing, Stella helped me come to terms with the fact that I had to get used to the new me, get used to um, having cancer or having had cancer, and just to try and put it in perspective and get on with life really. Yeah, it's, it's not about going back to normal, it's moving forward to a new normal yeah. which can be better than ever before because of the experiences you've had. I think, I think you're right there, and I think trying to get back to normal is so important. I remember when I was having radiotherapy, the radiotherapist was so kind. I made my appointments 5.30 in the evening, so I was able to go to work as normal every single day, okay. do the radiotherapy in the evening, go to bed early, and then go to work in the morning, because from my point of view, I needed to be normal. I needed structure. Yeah. I needed structure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned some anger there. Yes. And I guess when, when you hear that word cancer, yes. part of you goes to the difficult places, isn't it? God, am I going to survive this? Yes, what, what, yeah. what will happen to me? So was it scary? How did you I, cope with that? Yeah, I think the scariest thing, it wasn't so much the actual operations and the treatments, it's after when you continually, particularly I think in this day and age, you're continually reminded of cancer. 
it's everywhere, which may be not a bad thing, but it's on the side of buzzers, it's it's on the telly, and wherever you go, wherever you look, it's reminded. And every time you're reminded, you're not only reminded of the treatments you've had and what happened, but you're also, of course, and anybody that has had cancer will think or know that it will come back, and how you deal with that when it comes back. And I think that was part of my counselling with Stella as well, is that I had to come to terms with those thoughts, and if it did come back, then I would have to deal with it. The same as you deal with other things in life, it's inevitable. Well, I think that I guess that could be a really frustrating thing. People say, Oh, you're doing this so well, oh, you're so great, but no choice. Have you no, no choice, no so. choice. And although people are very kind when they say things, I think the worst thing that, that somebody said to me was, um, Oh, you're, you're better now, God, you look so well, you look really healthy, you look great. Whereas inside, actually, you don't feel like no. that, no, no. And it's, it's almost that it feels sometimes you've got to put different masks on yeah. different situations. Yes, yeah, different fronts. And also, you don't you don't really want your friends to have to worry about you because everybody has their own problems. So you don't really want to... I mean, I, I know Stella helped me come to terms with the fact that I had... I first time, I never told anybody really except Gary. I didn't tell family or anything because I didn't want people to look at me differently than they had been. So, so I think that was very hard as well. And I say first time because um, that was in 2000, the end of 2015. So at the end of 2020, I went for what I thought was my final mammogram before I get ticked off because you get mammograms for five years. And unfortunately, the cancer had come back again in the same area. So, um, yeah, I mean, what I thought would happen did happen. And apparently it's not uncommon, which is why you have the five monthly, sorry, the five annual um, mammograms. So this time around, um, it was very quick. So I heard New Year's Eve 2020 and January 2nd, 2021, I had a mastectomy. Had to be very quick because COVID was here and they were fine. The hospital would close or would have to close. So, but I was very, very grateful for the staff for doing it so quickly because why would you not want it to happen quickly? Mm-hmm. Apparently, normally you have a, you have counselling before a mastectomy, but I didn't see any point in that. I just wanted it gone. So yes. So. So how, that must have been devastating oh, to go through all of that. Yeah. You know, five years, you're almost at the cusp there, yeah. five years, you're ready to fly. Yeah, suddenly yeah. Into the so how did you manage that? I, can, I guess you've been through it, so some of it's familiar yeah. territory, but yeah. you're also unfamiliar territory because it's a new diagnosis. Yeah, new diagnosis. <laughs> also, unfortunately, um, was there on my own to receive the diagnosis because, of course, Gary couldn't come with me. Ben had to go outside and find Gary, tell him he had to go back in the hospital. So it's a lot different. Also, um, support was a bit different. I felt the appointments were very much faster. and So I don't know whether that was COVID or whether it was just there's so many people to treat at the hospital at the moment. So, But one thing that did stay with, with me was that I thought force will still be there. So leading up to that, I'd had some fantastic massages with force, of course, the counselling that I've mentioned. Um, I've been to lots of meetings. I went to a fantastic mindfulness course that was um, brilliant. So always in my mind, I thought, right, I'm going to hit those courses, those that help again, and mm. that will all still be there. 
so force were there right the way through. Absolutely, the yeah. Benefit. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think for, for us, when uh, I remember for us as a team, the sort of family force on that day when Boris Johnson gave us the news we were shutting down, it was it was huge. And I remember us saying, we won't be the same again. Yeah. And I think that's true. We've had to adapt and change. But what was most important for us is how do we reach people? People physically can't come into us. How do we reach people? And then we started, I did my first telephone counselling. I've never been so nervous in my oh. life because it was just... <laughs> and then Zoom, and it's the technology and everything. And it was really uncomfortable, I think, because we're so used to face-to-face and being in a room with somebody. So it was a huge change for us. But what I, I found it did for us as a team, but also for us individually, was you listen in a different way when you can't see a person. You're, you're, you're listening for what you can't see, if that makes sense. Yes. So yeah. it's a different experience. But Very different, yeah. I mean, I, I used to be a Samaritan, so I am okay, used to listening so. on the telephone. Yeah. So I didn't find that as bad as I thought I would. But I do know that, that a lot of people, and I think particularly more elderly people, have found it very hard not having face-to-face. And yeah. I do empathise 100%. And, and I think we adapted so we do shorter phone calls for, for people who found it difficult, just as they knew that one phone was still there for them. Yeah. And now, thankfully, you know, we worked all the way through, but we, as soon as we could, we started to see people face-to-face. And again, it's a very different experience because we've got all the COVID restrictions or, or things that we do to make it safe for people and it was such a relief and I think now we see people face to face, phone or Zoom so we're reaching people who might live very in a very isolated situation, we can reach them easily or if they're really fatigued from treatment, there are other ways of reaching people. So going back, so you had your second diagnosis, force was here, you used it, but what I've noticed is that you're very much part of our full stamina now because we see you most weeks. Now. Yes, because I'm a volunteer now. So, so <laughs> yes. Did you talk to you? How yeah. did that happen? What 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 happened to me? Well, I I think that? I realised that I really enjoyed what Force was doing. So, um, five years ago, I did start to do some fundraising once I'd had all the, once I'd had a lot of the um help that I that I needed then I decided to do some fundraising I've got a lovely family and lots of lovely friends and they were very kind and sponsored me to do various things and then sort of um I was gradually asked well Gary and I were gradually asked if we could like help with things so like the Santa cycle we helped with that and and then we thought well we could come in and maybe help serve teas and things like that always been a good tea maker so that's what we do. So we joined Force as volunteers, both Gary and I, and we absolutely love it. We love coming in, and, and it's been fantastic now that it's back open. Things are a little bit different, and I think it's what, what everybody's calling the new normal. But it is great to see people again. And, yeah, and as a – so I'm here as a volunteer and as a patient, really. So I had a fantastic look, good, feel better um, event, which was makeup, uh, makeup shown and a meeting. And that was with real people, with real other ladies that had had treatment like me. And that was actually the first time that I'd been able to chat with other ladies in the same situation as me. So that's huge. Oh, massive, massive. Because 2015, I met quite a lot of people and I was able to meet them here, have coffees oh. with them. But 
it's great that things are getting back. Yeah, it feels the senses with its life force yeah. back. We're a close-knit family, and I think that's the, the bit that makes us different maybe to other bigger charities, is that personal um, touch. And also, we, as a local charity, we can respond to need in a different way. Yeah, it is. And I, th- I, think, I think the way force certainly worked for me was you get your diagnosis at the hospital, you get excellent treatment. It can never be faulted at the hospital, but they haven't got the time. So you get your treatment, the hard bit at the hospital, and then you come here for the soft bit. The nice bit, the cups of teas, the yeah. meetings, the chats, the the help, you know, the massages, which have been fantastic. And yes, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, and I think I remember back to when we, when I first started here. So this is my twenty first year here. When we first started looking at the possibility of having a centre, we got some architects to do their brief, and they came in, and I remember one. Um, architect came in and there was this lovely building, two stories, you know, it looked great, a bit like another hospital building. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. amazing. And then this next architect came and blew us away and said, I don't want to know um, how many rooms you want, I want to know what the relationships will be like when you come into the building. So, how will people be feeling? So, they'll be sad, they might be angry, they might be um, lonely, worried, all of those things. So. The way that the building is designed, you want to build it like a, a cloister, like a monastic cloister, just a place of safety. And we couldn't do it um, with buildings, so we built the garden around. So it's, it's almost we're a complete circle, so oh, it's it offers like that garden. safety. And it embraces people when they come in. And I don't know if you know, if you come in from the natural road, the path goes up past the centre, but you turn back to come in. So that's if somebody's coming in. Mm-hmm. And, and suddenly felt too nervous to come in, they can carry on walking. So it's oh, not suddenly even remove that confrontation bit, yeah. you know, that yeah. two scouts go in there. And there's lots of natural light. So if, if, if anybody who's listening has never been into the sense, just come in for a cup of tea. And it's like a warm, encompassing feeling, isn't it? Yeah, With the conservatory, a beautiful garden. Yeah. yeah, very relaxed. And I mean, it's a great place to come if you're having dreams, it's a great place to come before your appointments. You know, if you're worried about parking, get here early, come in for a cup of tea and just meet people. It's lovely. Oh, I also have my name down for a, what's called a moving forward. Um, session which I'm looking forward to and that's hopefully going to try and stop me googling things although I don't know whether that will. So what's your understanding of moving forward? Well I am hoping it's a sit down and a chat with other people who've had a diagnosis just to sort of understand how obviously I have moved forward and I had to move forward from last time to this time so I am sort of a little bit experienced in it, but I, I think I, this time round I didn't access the counselling. I sort of tried to adjust to things myself um, because I thought that would be better for me. It isn't that the counselling wasn't here and I have been offered it several times. I think I've tried to adjust to things myself this time, but I, I am interested in this moving forward only because I am hoping, as I said, that it will stop me from googling things. It might stop my mind at two o'clock in the morning from thinking about certain certain things. And but I guess I don't, I, I guess what is lovely is that I know that whatever happens, force will be here, and I can just pop in for a cuppa before an appointment, or even just to see somebody, just just for a quick update. Certainly, information as well. Fantastic on giving me information about different diagnoses, you know, different diagnoses and things. It really is a place like a, how can I put it, like a sort of a warm, comfy blanket after that 
harshness of the ho- of the hospital, really. Oh, well, I think the reason for is for people, yeah, literally. Um, again, we go back to that bit where we say we can't go backwards, we go forwards, yeah. and it's like, how do we go forwards with all with the experience that you've had? How do we walk forward with with hope and positivity? With, and, and I think it is, and, and there are fears that walk alongside us, but how do we manage those fears? How do we put them in our context? And as you said, when we went through it the first time, so, you know, I'll hope that it comes back. And I think people do. It's yeah. how we learn to live with what's there. And I think with the modern treatments, which have changed so much over the past 20 years, it is living with now, and we're seeing more and more people who live with a diagnosis, but it's almost become becomes like a chronic disease that people can live well even yeah, with yes. ongoing disease or ongoing treatments people can live really well and it's how do you make that adjustment so this is my life plan how do I yeah. move forward I think it is how, it's how you adjust to um, to having it and to try and tell yourself that you haven't got it anymore and I think that's the hardest thing because yeah. obviously with an operation and a scalpel blade it can be cut away but I guess it is really weird that your yeah. mind still thinks, and I guess because it travels, doesn't it? Cancer travels, so you don't know whether it's travelled to other parts of your body and things like that. So those are the things that I think concern most people that have had a cancer diagnosis. So I am looking forward to this uh, moving forward <laughs> with a hope that I can adjust things in my head, really. Um, but I am somebody that has that has already moved forward, I guess, really, because I have got on with my life. Very thankful to have been able to take an early retirement, getting on with stuff now, love, loving life, kayaking, swimming, walking, you know, you name it, I've tried it. <laughs> so, so just getting on with life, really. Which is brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. It's sensible to be here without people like yourself, and we're privileged to be able to work in the centre and share it. And I think that's the important bit about force is that we're we're in this together yes yeah. there is no distinction is there the buzz that we get when people come in is is that we're there to help each other almost you know yeah. we receive yeah. from each other don't we and we move forward absolutely together. yeah it's that personal touch i think which is so important oh, absolutely yes yeah as you say it's a family feeling isn't it it is a sense of belonging whether you're receiving or whether you're giving or, or whatever it is just when you walk in it's like coming home Thanks, Jane. It's been fantastic to talk with you. You're very welcome. And I think just having time like this to reflect a little bit on One Force's role and how it reaches people and to have feedback from you is really important, but also to see how you started to give something back as you received something from here is how we work. And and I think it's it's fantastic because it makes it the personal charity that it is. Oh, well, thanks for all you do. Thank you. If you want to know more about how Force can support you or how you can support the work we do, check out our website, forcecancercharity.co.uk.